This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly. And you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's Live Fire Fun and Frivolity Show. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening, if you want to follow it on off-show hours, here's how you do all of that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website the bbq central show.com and here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up out of the gate here in just a few minutes about 12 minutes from now the creator of cotton gin smokers first timer to the show matt messer will be joining us get a little background on him we'll talk about the cotton gin smoker how it differentiates itself in the vast availability of now premium drum smokers that are out there on the market and have been for some time so we'll talk to matt about that and then 35 past the hour my personal cigar expert slash guru from the cigar authorities podcast mr jonathan you might recall last time mr jonathan was on we went to cigar school we talked all about the rapper to back it up a little bit, I pitched him on the idea of in successive appearances that we would deconstruct what a cigar is, the mo- uh, the main components, how it operates, why these things are important to a singular cigar and its smoking success and its flavors and all that stuff. And he was game to do that. So Mr. Jonathan will be joining us once again. So again, it was rapper the last time. And this time we're going to be talking about the ever important thing called a binder so if you're not familiar with what that is no it's not something you put around your midsection to tighten up your guts and hold your insides in from a well there's something that that's called it's called a hernia that's right i knew if i just stick with it i'd find it not that kind of binder this is a binder in a cigar i don't know what it is exactly i know that there's one in every cigar i think at least in hand-rolled premium cigars so we'll talk all about that and 
if you are a fan of cigars and you are sick and tired of like me of being looked at with disdain or somehow lumped in with the, the folks that are smoking cigarettes look you do whatever you want to do as i always say you do you boo you want to smoke cigarettes you want to drink until you vomit and pass out whatever it is you're into all right you do that but the bottom line remains cigarettes and hand-rolled premium cigars are not andrew you are not, not the same thing no and for decades they have been lumped into the same old mess that cigarettes with the warnings and they're addicting and all this other stuff and finally about a week and a half two weeks ago the FDA was struck down in a court of law saying, indeed, these things are not the same. Get that big stuff out of here. So we'll talk to Mr. Jonathan about that, what it means to the industry and really get some insight because there's a lot of misinformation that's passed around about cigars in relation to hand-rolled premium cigars. And it's important that I say that because that is a own sector unto itself, which is the most important thing. These aren't those... Swisher Sweets, the mass-produced, machine-produced cigars. That's a whole different thing. Hand-rolled premium cigars are just that. All hand-rolled. They say 300 hands, 300 sets of hands touch a cigar as it's going through the whole manufacturing process. So we will learn all about it. 35 past the first hour, don't you worry. And that'll bring a close to the hour of number one. And then we'll go to the hour of number two, where we will welcome in a first-time guest. A beef producer, Tom Remley from Remley Custom Beef. And we're going to be talking about cellularly cultivated meat. We're going to be talking about the traditional ways of cultivating meat, in his case, beef, and how these two things can either mutually coexist, or if one is worse than the other, or how can they mutually coexist, all that stuff. So... Let's look for that at 1014 and then closing out the show. Yet another first time guest. Three of four. Charlie Eblen of Single Tree Barbecue. This guy is looking to become the Nike of barbecue. What does that mean? I have no idea. But we'll talk to Charlie all about it. And we'll get his take on what it means to become the Nike of barbecue. If you want to follow me socially, do it through these handles and platforms, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We also welcome anyone that is watching through the video streaming platforms of, let's say, Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch through the YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash at BBQ Central Show where we do have a YouTube poll question of the week. And if you're not a fan of the show and a regular listener, just go ahead and take a blind shot, but it's probably not going to matter, but we're asking you this anyway. Last week's audio with Aaron Huntelman of Go Big or Go Barbecue was worse than the show the week before with Susie Bullock, yes or no. And currently, 57% of you are saying no. Honestly, that's way closer than I thought the odds were going to be playing out. And that brings me to the point where we're jumping off here because I had two or three different opens. The show was so fabulous last week. There was 
three or four different places that I could have started. But no, what jumps the show to the open? The show itself. What's the most important topic on this show? It's the show itself. Because no sooner did the show end Tuesday night last week did I start getting direct messages, text messages, emails overnight, Instagram messages, Facebook direct messages talking about what's going on. What's the sound going on? What's that noise while Aaron is talking? He's in the studio, but geez, there's this noise. Sounds like a metronome is going. What the hell is going on? I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. What's going on is, and maybe you didn't even see this. It's right in front of your face. I have raised a generation of podcast audio snobs. It's my fault. I've done it to myself. Now, did I think that if something were to happen out of, if you go back and listen to the audio quality of Aaron talking, he sounded superb. Of course, he was right here with a microphone. Of course, he sounded good. Now, what was the noise everybody was telling me about? There were people on the Facebook show group page, which is convoluted enough. I say I had to tune out. I couldn't take it anymore. Really? So what happened is, and if you didn't watch any of the audio, like some people were geeked out enough where they had to go watch the video to see why this happened. So you go watch the video. He's wearing a combo headset, mic, and for whatever reason, after the 50th email, I had to figure out what's going on here. God forbid I have somebody else stop through the show in studio and this happened again. For whatever reason, the right ear cup was passing, was generating just enough sound, and you didn't even need to move your face very much at all, but it made a noise, and then because that's the side where the boom mic is attached to, it passed right through the mic. So as he was literally just talking, his mouth was moving his words, rhythmically that noise was coming through and getting passed through the microphone. Have I fixed it? Yes. Right now, there's a handheld microphone and a separate set of headphones to eliminate that. I've also identified a completely new headset-microphone combo, tested thoroughly, that doesn't have those sounds. But heaven forbid, I thought with my raising the bar of audio quality across the whole broadcast industry, radio, satellite radio, podcasting, whatever. I could get a pass. But no, the snobbery knows no bounds, folks. Even the host that is raising the bar of audio is is not free from getting hung on the cross. Holy crap, you guys. But that's why I love it. I've made you expect more from your audio personalities and your audio content create so i'm going to take pride in that now to be fair you should go listen to all the other podcasts that are currently available and when their sounds suck immediately email that host and tell them they suck too matt messer is ready to go we're gonna be talking about cotton gin smokers but before we that uh, before we do that i will ask you this question are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences yes of course you are It's time to step up the game and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. 
Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experience that you can get in the market today using either wood or charcoal. Their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends. With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. It's their take on the very popular Santa Maria-style grill. Check them out online, pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. That's pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. And use promo code charcoal central that's charcoal central all one word for 150 dollars off any charcoal grill that pits and spits makes once again the promo code charcoal central not bbq central charcoal central for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill it's pits and spits.com slash bbq central and the website of course pits and spits with the double t on the pits and the spits right well hey look at that john cloda joining the chat here this evening on youtube hey now all right we're going to be talking about drum smokers when we get back stick around you're listening to the barbecue central show Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to peruse all the other flavors and options that they have. When you're ready to buy, go to walmart.com or amazon.com or lowes.com. Same great options, even better shipping than what you would find at cookandpellets.com. Longtime sponsor of the show. Gang, what do we love the most about barbecue and grilling from aside from the food? We love the cookers. The vehicles that get us to where we all want to end up, that being delicious end products. We've covered a number of different styles and manufacturers over the years, and drum smokers have become a favorite amongst backyard cooks and competition cooks alike. Here to talk about his specific brand of drum smoker is the owner of Cotton Gin Smokers. We welcome first-timer to the show, Matt Messer joining us. Matt, YouTube poll question of the week, and I'm not going to assume you are an every-episode listener, so maybe it's just a shot in the dark. But Aaron Huntelman's interview from last week's audio is worse than the week before audio with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey, yes or no? No. By the way, that's the right answer, Matt. Thank goodness. So we're starting <laughs> off on the right foot. Happy to have you aboard here, Matt, and appreciate you making time. Before we talk about the cotton gin smoker, the various models, price points, and all that fun stuff. A uh, little background about you and how you eventually worked your way into making cotton gin smokers. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for uh, having me on the show. Yep. Um, it's an honor. And uh, yeah, we uh, 
man, I got started cooking when I was young and in high school and uh, just grilling. And, uh, you know, like anybody, just, you know, good old Weber 22 and a half inch kettle. And uh, I think we had a gas grill out there too. And um, yeah, that was something fun we would do. My dad and uh, brother and myself. And then my senior year in high school was in the welding shop class and uh, we had a class project we had to do to pass the class. And um, in West Texas, you know, everybody there has cows. Um, and I was the pastor's son in town. We did not have cows. <laughs> so uh, uh, the the most everybody in the class was doing cattle pins. And uh, I said, I don't want to do cattle pins. And I, I don't want to interrupt different. here, Matt, um, but allow me to show my ass for a second. What's a cattle pin? I don't know what that's. <laughs> Oh, they're, they're uh, just fences. Uh, oh, oh, pen. Cattle. Yeah, yeah. Pen, yeah. Got it. And um, so they're all, you know, round tube fence panels. So anyhow, um, God, my church had a smoker on a trailer and I was uh, enthralled with it and thought it was pretty fantastic and he would come cook for us. And um, so I approached him. I said, how much money do you have in that cooker? And he said, Oh, about $3,500. And I said, well, I guess I'm building a cattle pen. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, as a senior in high school, didn't have uh, $3,500 sitting around to to build a smoker. So, um, but I I was uh, determined. And so we built a smoker and uh, found rounded up a bunch of free parts and found a free trailer and uh, made a smoker. And the next year went back to class and to go visit after I graduated, uh, my teacher said, Hey, let's go back in the shop. I want to show you something. And we walked back there and the whole floor was lined with grills and smokers. Really? Um, and I was just, uh, I was blown away. And he looked at me and said, Matt, he said, yeah, you did something that transformed uh, everybody's thinking. Nobody wants to build cattle pins anymore they want to build grills and smokers <laughs> how good was so that for a smoker? That, was, that was really it was a really cool uh oh how good was it yeah uh <laughs> i've got a picture of it uh somewhere and uh it was uh you, you know i didn't learn to smoke on it um i used it as a grill um i didn't know how to smoke meat even i mean i grew up eating brisket um but i didn't know how to cook it and uh not not till probably about the whole Gosh, seven seven years ago or oh. so is when I smoked my first brisket, and um, up here in in Michigan is where I learned to to cook brisket, and oh. uh, but I cook it Texas style, so don't worry. Um, years ago, so yeah, years ago, people were building what was referred to as a UDS or ugly drum smoker. Now there's many companies right. offering drums for retail. The first pit mm-hmm. you built you said uh, i think it was an offset pit so when did barrels make sense to you why go that route versus a traditional offset well uh when i first started the company was with i had two business partners and um we launched at memphis in may of 2018 had a booth there and uh that was the year uh uh, the shed uh won and uh we, we had a rotisserie on a trailer um, and we were showing it off and we walked around and the guy that was with me looked and goes, man, these guys are cooking on drums over here on trash cans. Uh, I said, we'll never build those. And uh, 
we didn't we didn't last till the end of the year and uh, his job took him elsewhere and uh here we are uh building drums <laughs> so what was the so why, why was he so adamant about not going trash can well he just wanted more show more you know bigger better and um uh just like i don't know if he thought they looked tacky or or what and look like dorothy from twister and um yeah i i got out you know we'd parted ways and i was you know i was discouraged and down about it and uh a mentor of mine in, in the barbecue industry you probably know him uh uh frank cox said uh matt i know i know you make fun of drum smokers but uh i challenge you to make one and uh so uh in january of 2019 in my basement here in michigan uh, i built a drum smoker and i cooked on it and got 18 hours of cook time with high of nine degrees and snow on the ground um and so at that point drum smokers made sense to me and i didn't care what they look like i didn't care they look like a trash can or look like dorothy um they were fish they're efficient and they cook and um it just was a hobby you know that, that started off uh just something fun to do and it just snowballed COVID hit and you know you know what that was like for the outdoor cooking industry and um so it took us to a whole you know a whole nother level and uh, yeah it it became to be something more than just a hobby in, in many respects so. the cotton gin smoker would look like a a well-known competitor smoke <clears throat> called the gateway drum how do they differ yeah so um in in multiple ways that's a great question um so on the front you have a front access door um and it's a multi-purpose access door um so you know if you want to control like how much uh smoke you have in there and you know your wood chunks uh you can add uh your wood chunks as you want um if you uh, in ours in the, on the inside you have a hanging system uh so you can hang nine slabs of ribs vertically so you can uh you can spritz those down uh, through that door instead of opening the top and letting all the heat out uh but it's got a three-tiered uh, uh cooking level comes with one grate but if you're cooking with two grates um you know say your middle grate and the bottom grate then you want to access the bottom grate you can access it through that door hmm. um as, as opposed to you know opening the top and pulling everything out to get to the bottom you're able to access just that grate so that's one of the biggest differences uh we do have a, a wider footprint on our uh, cast our casters um and so uh, ours ours are a little more I've, I've not maneuvered a gateway around, so I can't, I can't tell you about another casters are underneath, uh, but ours spread out. So it's, it's more in my mind is more stable. <clears throat> we have a hinge lid. It's a stainless steel hinge lid. Uh, it is removable. Um, you got a, a pin back there and it's got a, a bottle opener built into it. And then our handles on the side are uh, um, high quality. They're, uh, you know, got the stay cool, spring handles um and uh but yeah uh, you know gateway is a great company they've been around for a long time i uh, got got respect for tim and uh and what he does with them 
And, uh, but yeah, there's some definitely some differences there. Our comes fully loaded, um, you know, so a side by side camp comparison when ours is at full retail value, um, at 1399, theirs is 1299, uh, but you get all those extra things. Um, so if you were to add all that stuff to theirs, you're well over that price point there. <clears throat> so, um, but ours is on sale right now for 1249. Badmaster joining us here on the show, the website, cotton gin smokers dot com why cotton gin smokers for a name when i moved to michigan uh, the only white on the ground was uh snow <laughs> and uh so the only cotton that you see in michigan now is us and uh uh being from texas and from west tennessee uh you know love driving through the country and driving through uh, uh cotton fields i'm a country boy and um uh, you know, miss, miss that it's, you know, it's beautiful or something about it. And, uh, but when I moved up here and, and I started cooking more and smoking meat, people asked about me opening a restaurant and, um, I thought about it for about five minutes. And, uh, during those five minutes, <laughs> I, uh, I, I decided, you know, I wanted to have a Texas flair or a Southern flair to it. Um, and up here that seems to sell well. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I decided I didn't want a restaurant. So, uh, but I decided, you know, I thought, you know, with cotton and stuff, you can do a lot with that theme and being kind of the rustic and farming, uh, motif, I guess. So, uh, but our first, uh, shop was actually in a cotton gin in Mississippi. Um, it was an old cotton gin in Amory, Mississippi. So that kind of solidified it when we found that shop and, um, then that's, that was the name we come up with. It just stuck. How many different options or models are you offering right now? On the on the technically on the drum smoker side, we have three options if you include the T bird. Do do we so want we to include the, the T bird as a drum smoker? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's technically not drum uh, drum, but uh, yeah. So you got the Reaper is the beginner model, so it's bare bones, basic. Uh, you got your casters. Uh, but no side handles, uh, no device mount, no door. Uh, it's a single cooking level. Um, so it's kind of our beginner um, level. And then you've got the harvester. And uh, that's our, our number one seller, the one that we've sold the most of. Yeah. Um, so, yep, there's a the harvester. And um, there's that door you were talking about. Wow. Yeah, there it is. You got the door and. Um, and then here's this T-bird. Look at this thing. So it looks like T-bird. it does look like a drum, but then on the top it looks yep. like a horizontal cooker. Right, right. So it cooks like a drum. Um, I cooked two briskets and uh, two butts last night on one grate um, for our, our lunch. So uh, two whole packer briskets. Huh? Um, so you got your uh, heat shield and charcoal basket and baffle plate down on the bottom, just like in the harvester. <clears throat> but then you have th- actually three different grate levels um, in the T-Bird. You got that big main gr- grate underneath it. There's another grate. And then above it, there's the grate that uh, slides in and out with well, that one. The top of the grate comes off and there's three rods that run across there. So you can, mm-hmm. that's your hanging system. So if you want to hang ribs and uh, sausage and chicken and stuff, so um, you can do that as well. <clears throat> but say you wanted to grill some steaks and hamburgers and hot dogs. Well, it also comes with the charcoal tray. So you remove your uh, bottom grate and you now, you now have an elevated 
uh, charcoal tray um, <laughs> is what I call it. And so it's eight inches below your main grate there. Um, so now you can grill and uh, do higher temps and stuff. So um, we just uh, we just launched our YouTube channel last week. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we've been filming a lot with the T-Bird. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we did a chocolate chip pecan pie in there. Um, we did a cheesy chicken spaghetti and a cast iron skillet. Um, we did a... Um, how do you say Steven's last name? Uh, Reich- uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, use the recipe out of his book. Uh, the, I, I, I bet I botched his name. Uh, oh, all you have to do is that. meet him and say it wrong. And he's happy to correct you right on the spot. Trust me. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> if he, if he sees that episode, I might get a, a email from him saying, tell me how to do it. But, um, we did his bacon bourbon uh, apple crisp in there and uh, it was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, that's uh T birds, a beast. It's a fun one to cook on, but it's 14 gauge steel that we cut out on our plasma table. Uh, it's rolled in house. Uh, so it's not, you know, started off as two drums put together and uh, that was a pain in the butt and almost pulled it from the, the product line. Um, and then we got that plasma table and uh, that kind of changed things there. So um yeah, that's completely fabricated in-house. You got a couple other pretty cool accessory items. You have a pretty heavy-duty charcoal chimney, and you also have a fire pit that'll sell right. pretty well. That's right. Um, charcoal chimney has been battle-tested. Uh, it's been torture-tested, and that's uh, uh, tried and true. It's uh, it's gonna gonna last you a long, long, long time. Um, I got bored one day here at the house, and was my wife had the kids somewhere, and. <clears throat> I decided, well, let's uh, let's go torture test this thing. So I went out in my driveway and I just threw it up in the air, got my camera out and I threw it up as high as I could, oh, 11, 12 times. Um, and then uh, took it to the shop. We threw it. It's been probably thrown, oh, I'd say 30 times up in the air. It's been stood on every direction. Um, and uh, then we pulled one off the Lowe's uh, shelf and uh, we threw it three times in the air and stood on it one time and it's wow. flat in a pancake now. So. um but yeah it's a it's a beast so it's out of 16 gauge still and um got two stay cool uh handles on there and got a heat shield and um it'll it'll do the job for sure are you retailing only dtc or are you looking to set up dealers as well i've got a small number of dealers that we've we've uh slowly been scaling into that um uh there's some things in the works that may change that in the future um but right now we're we're uh we're slowly scaling into that would you rather be more dealer focused or i mean there's got to be a a a, a unique situation (laughs) in your mind of thinking you could go direct to consumer and really control the whole market from your aspect but then you know i know a lot of folks have had a lot of success running through dealers yeah um i mean i think dealers play a huge role in in uh getting product out there um in a in a faster way um and and we're we're open to that um we're not we're not close-minded to to having dealers and and expanding that um yeah i think the customized ones will still go through in-house um but you know 
if somebody wanted one today, you know, they could go to the dealer and get that. Um, and you know, if you order a custom one through the dealer, then the dealer's obviously gonna get some credit for that. Where would you like to be in five years? Oh man. Um, man, just doing my thing. Um, enjoying, enjoying people and enjoying cooking and, um, you know, if we could uh, grow our, uh, we opened a, a barbecue supply store uh, about a month ago, and um, I, I'd love to expand that. And I think in five years would be a good a good time timeline for that um, to see that be grow and be bigger. So, yeah. If you're in the market for a drum smoker, we're humbly asking that you head on over to Cotton Gin Smokers and check out what they have to offer cottonginsmokers.com is the website or if you're in the area where they have one of their small handful of dealers uh, go ahead and check out what they got on the floor there and touch and feel it for yourself i appreciate the time here this evening continue success thank you very much appreciate it greg you got it it's that message right there from cotton gin smokers the website again cottonginsmokers.com and if you are in the market for a drum smoker of some sort and you have perused whatever else is out there and you're still looking for options why not give them a shot cottonginsmokers.com and as i had mentioned some pretty cool accessories as he was talking about he's got that charcoal chimney that's super heavy duty and then there was a pretty cool looking fire pit looks like it folds all into itself i believe it said it was 75 pounds so i mean i can't carry it around but maybe you could because you're more of a man than me so, you know, everything, it's, it appears everything they're making is really heavy duty, lasts you a long time. So, you know, there might be a bit of an associated price tag with that. But as we say here in the barbecue industry, buy the best and only cry once. Why not? All right. That was Matt Messer. We have Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authorities live show on Saturdays slash podcast ready to go. Before we get to that, I'll talk to you about the Primo Grill. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient, of course. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that they can get rip-roaring hot for traditional temperatures of grilling steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic cooker lineup? The real ability to execute a true two-zone cooking environment. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However... Getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. And our Primo grill and their game-changing oval design, the shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to cook on that Primo, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. They have all the accessories that you ever want. Deflector plates, yes. They also have pizza stones. They have a pizza insert. They have a Primo grill rotisserie accessory. They've upgraded the top and bottom dampers for air intake and air exhaust. But only sold through dealers. So find one near you at primogrill.com. And then when you locate that dealer, check it out. See the oval that will best fit your need. I recommend the XL, even if you're a family of three or four. XL gives you the best QPR as far as size, cooking ability. And again, these things are fuel misers. Once the ceramics get hot, uses very little fuel to continue to build that heat. 
So there's plenty of times, especially now here in the summer, the warmer months, where you can get multiple cooks out of a load of charcoal, depending on what you're doing. Primogrill.com. And don't forget, next month on September 10th, I believe, they have the Primo Bash. So if you go to Primogrill.com, you can read about the Primo Bash that's going to be going on at their factory out there in Illinois. Something I would suggest you definitely go to and take a part of. I'm sure there'll be special deals. And then tell Nick Bauer I said hi. I wanted to be there, but not going to be able to make it this year. Maybe next year. Primogrill.com and the Primo Bash next month. Be there. We're back with Cigar Talk right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Matt Master for joining us last segment. CottonGinSmokers.com is his website. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth if you have smart speakers in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with most of them. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. In fact, I was texting with Ted Conrad from Fireboard last week. We're putting together a segment here to announce a new product, so stay tuned for that. My next guest, well-known figure in the cigar community, one of the co-hosts of the ever-popular Cigar Authority podcast, now celebrating it's either 13th or 14th year of live shows, uh, almost as long as the show. A wealth and knowledge of information as it relates to the world of cigars. And we are happy to call him friend of this show. Welcoming back, of course, Mr. Jonathan. Mr. J. Hey, hey, what's going on? We have a YouTube poll question of the week that I don't know if you're going to be able to answer fully, but we're going to ask you to try anyway. Aaron Huntelman's audio from last week was worse than Susie Bullock's from Hey Grill Hey Audio the week before. Yes or no? You're right. I can't answer that. We're going to go with no. <laughs> right. So, uh, All right, no. Currently, oh my God, cur- you're not going to believe it. Currently, 64% of the voting public are saying yes, it was worse than Susie Bullock's of two weeks ago. I don't believe that, but these people, as I said in the open, I have spawned a generation of audio snobs. It's my own doing, and now I'm being crucified for it, but we'll let that go. Before we get into cigar school, because we're going to be talking about the binder this time around, we talked about the rapper the last time. Uh, Two weeks ago or so, there was a federal court ruling that affected the premium hand-rolled cigar industry in a major way, and might I say, in a major positive way. So I don't want to like dig into the weeds here because we're not a cigar-related show like you are on the Cigar Authority podcast, but we like to high-level it where we can. Give us a recap of what the ruling was and what it means going forward for now. Essentially, what the ruling is, is that the FDA has not proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they should be regulating premium cigars 
so there is a definition of premium cigars being that it's 100% whole leaf tobacco uh, that is 100% handmade. It requires humidification. So with that definition of premium cigars, anything that falls under that definition uh, would be exempt from FDA ruling. Uh, which means that the Wild West can now return to the cigar industry. There'll be no user fees associated with the product. Uh, So we can expect if the prices of cigars that are already on the market do not go down, new cigars that come into the market will come in at a lower price. The gray area will continue to be that tobacco products of any type can and will cause some type of cancer. Do you feel that is not true? Uh, It's actually demonstrably not true, uh, according to the FDA's own three studies in which they mined the data from the biggest study ever done that separates premium cigars from OTP, which is other tobacco products, and every other tobacco products from vape to cigarettes, chewing tobacco, pipe tobacco, all fall under OTP. When you separate premium cigar usage away from the other tobacco products, you see a slight decrease. And we're talking uh, with fairly heavy users, uh, one to two cigars per day. You see a slight decrease within the margin of error of the study, but it is a decrease in coronary heart disease, lung cancer, uh, COPD, the average, an average of a four year extended lifespan for a uh, cigar smoker versus a non-cigar smoker. That seems outrageous. Well, it's outrageous because the anti-smoking propagandists generate an awful lot of money through these sin taxes where if they can convince the public that the product is evil, then the public won't give them too much of a hard time about putting a tax on it. And instead of the government looking out for the people and finding real cures, they put things out like uh, all tobacco is bad for you. And the reality is tobacco has been used as a medicine going back to before Columbus discovered the Americas. I'm going to ask you to speculate. Do you see further deregulation going forward on premium cigars? So the Premium Cigar Association, the PCA, and the Cigar Rights of America have teamed up and they are now, if they're not one organization, they're sister or brother organizations. So now they're going to start playing offense. So you can expect to see products like uh, J.C. Newman's Bundle brand coming out of Tampa, the last fully functioning working cigar factory in the United States. Uh, You can expect to see things like their bundles be fought for uh, they are machine made with a homogenized wrapper but the uh, homogenized binder meaning there's some pectin and some tobacco dust that are put together and made into this tobacco paper as the binder uh, so that it'll go through the machine as one uniform thickness and but the wrapper itself is applied by hand on the machine uh, it's stretched by hand it takes an enormous amount of skill to be able to do it you can't just come in off the street and be able to do it so Uh, You can expect to see brands like that be pushed to be moved into the premium sector and infuse cigars, which are well above 
the normal barrier to entry for somebody looking to dissect a cigar and put marijuana, which, by the way, is becoming legal across the country. And, and, and I expect the federal side in the next 10 years, maybe even five years to make that fully legal. So they're going after cigars that or products that look like cigars, the Swisher Sweets, uh, Blunt Wraps, Backwoods, things that look like cigars that are made in such a way they can be deconstructed easily without the wrapper being destroyed and then filled and stuffed with other products like marijuana. Hmm. So what the Premium Cigar Association of America is looking to do is take products that are really cigars and adjust the definition so that you still don't have youth access problems. Kids are not coming into my shop looking to buy a $12 acid cigar. It's just not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the big struggle, and that's the part where guys like uh, the folks at J.C. Newman, their uh, third in command is a lawyer, and this has become his sort of passion project. Yeah. You've got guys like Rocky Patel. You've got the Padrones. You've got the Fuentes. A lot of big-name brands in the industry all pushing because they all have hot dog cigars, if, yeah. for lack of better phrasing. You, when you do the end cuts off of a five-inch cigar, you roll a five-and-a-half-inch cigar, that end cut goes into something. And in order to keep the, the price of the initial product down, they can sell off these end cuts into short-filled cigars that really are premium cigars. They burn a little faster. The draw's a little looser. They taste like cigars. They smoke like cigars. They are cigars. So why can't those be premium cigars as well? Mm -hmm. So we'll stay up to date with you on this whole deregulation thing, but great news for those of us that are fans of premium hand-rolled cigars, no doubt about it. So let's go to school. Why not? As I said before, we talked about wrappers the last time, and I wanted to talk about binders this time. So easy enough to say, I hear it all the time, what the hell is a binder and what does it do? So a uh, binder is essentially the part of the cigar that holds everything together. So every part of the blend matters. And you, th you, you hear people talk about binders being neutral in flavor or aiding in combustion. Yep. The reality is it depends on where the binder is sourced from. So uh, the plant is divided into most companies will divide the plant into eight sections, but I'm going to divide into three just so that people can wrap their mind around this. You've got low Primings, the lower third of the plant has great combustion. It's lower in nicotine, but it's very high in ammonia and it requires an awful lot of post roll aging uh, for the, and it used it a lot in cheap cigars because it's plentiful. Mm -hmm. You got middle priming tobaccos, which are uh, heavily aromatic. They have decent combustion, moderate levels of nicotine, and they're lower than the low primings as far as the ammonia content. And then you have high priming, which is Highest in nicotine, lowest in combustion, but has the most depth of flavor. So where are you pulling this binder from is going to dictate the whether it's going to add strength, whether it's going to add combustion. Uh, so And every cigar has to have a certain amount of this, and this is where that binder is going to play in. It'll often be a bridge that'll fill in the gaps between the fillers and the wrapper. So if you have a thick wrapper your binder is going to be thinner because you need to work the binder in opposition with the wrapper so that you have great combustion and you don't end up with a cone shape on your cigar, meaning the outside of the cigar burns much, much faster than the inside. And if the inverse were true, if your 
outside were too thick. So you have a thick outside wrapper like a Connecticut Broadleaf or a Mexican San Andreas, and then you used a thick binder. Now the outside of your cigar is not going to burn and you end up with a cone. Hmm. Not good. It's not good. So the binder is going to add some amount of flavor to the cigar regardless. It, it is going to add something because it is a uh, it is a tobacco leaf. So you're going to add something to the flavor and blenders will taste the tobaccos and they're considering whether or not a tobacco presents as salty or spicy or sweet, bitter, acidic. Uh, what's the overall body? And th- they're using that binder often, to, again, to bridge the gap between, okay, this outside wrapper is a Connecticut shade, which tends to be on the bitter spectrum, especially the very, very blonde ones. Those are a little more bitter, a little more acrid. So if you put a, uh, you need a thicker binder anyway to complement that thin wrapper. So if you use something like a Connecticut Broadleaf or a uh, Mexican San Andreas that has gone through a Maduro process, uh, I should back up. All binders are wrappers that failed inspection. So there's a blemish, there's a watermark, there's a hole, uh, there's something going on that that makes the person rolling the cigar or sorting the tobacco say, this is not aesthetically pleasing. Mm. It's still useful though. So if they can take that sweetness from that darker outside uh, inside binder and complement the dryness of the outside wrapper, now the smoker doesn't get stuck with this bitter, acrid, outside wrapper and they can still enjoy a milder cigar and but it'll have lots of flavor it seems like it why would you even want to bother putting that wrapper on the outside if you know it's going to give that flavor profile i'm not saying that folks don't like that but i would assume the majority don't so if you could put something that's a little bit more mild or sweeter like this maduro you're talking about those would sell better the thing is that the American consumer believes that dark cigars are strong cigars. And if you think in terms of a banana, the darker the banana, the sweeter the banana. Yeah. Uh, you're on, This is a barbecue show, so lots of people caramelize onions. You take a white onion, it's bitter, it's acrid, Gross. Uh, it stings the eyes, and you saute it in a pan or you put it in your cast iron off on the side of the grill while you're starting the burgers. And as that darkens, doesn't it get sweeter? And tobacco works the same way, but the American consumer believes that dark cigars are strong cigars. So manufacturers will take a dark, sweet outside wrapper and they can put fillers on the inside that are a little less fermented or less worked and they can be a little spicier and that sweetness will help tamper that a little bit and give the smoker a a more enjoyable smoke and give that American consumer that's looking for a dark, strong cigar, a dark, strong cigar. From the binder's perspective, is there anything else that we should know about it? Because when you start to break it down, it seems like the binder is the workhorse of cigar. It's helping the, uh, the filler stay together. It's also helping the wrapper either burn quicker or burn slower, depending on what that is on the outside. It absolutely, that's a great way to put it. It is the workhorse of the cigar. Uh, it's very necessary to uh, have that binder applied correctly so that inside of any cigar is anywhere between 30 and 60 airways that flow all the way through the cigar. So when somebody says to me, oh, I'll take that bullet punch at the counter, I actually try to talk them out of it because when you take all those 30 to 60 inlets of air 
and you funnel them down to 10 or 15, you're changing the flavor profile of the smoke. Uh, so you want to have that cigar as opened up as possible before you light it. And that's going to give you the most pleasing smoke that you possibly can have. And it'd be the least offensive on your palate. But as far as the binder goes, you see binders can be single or double bigger ring gauge cigars, like a 70 ring gauge or even sixties. You'll often hear manufacturers talk about this as a double binder. Um, they tout it like it's a, uh, a sales thing where, you know, they, oh, this one has the double binder. <laughs> it, it just means that there's so much tobacco in there that when you put fire to that, if there was a single binder, it would blow through the wrapper through expansion. So the binder helps to protect the wrapper from the inside as that filler expands when it heats. And yeah, it, it's absolutely a workhorse. This is your fault. We're going to end on it. My favorite brand and manufacturer at this stage of my cigar career is a brand Aladino and uh, manufacturer JRE tobacco. What do you like about their brand so much? Uh, I love that they are into post-roll aging. So the things that cost money in the cigar industry at the end of making just about every cigar, a manufacturer can get that cigar into the United States for between two and three dollars all in it's made the tobacco's worked everything's done it's two and three dollars why are some cigars thirty dollars why are some cigars three dollars well three dollar cigars are you get what you pay for that is the shit of the shit the lowest priming sand leaves they're the highest in ammonia there's almost nothing the manufacturer can do they're cheap cigars and they smoke cheap and they taste cheap you start getting into the ten dollar price point why is it $10? Well, that manufacturer has worked the tobacco. And when you look at the end of my cigar, I'm smoking the Aladino Corojo Reserve. There's almost no dark gray. There's certainly no black. It's almost completely a white ash. That means that this tobacco has been worked completely. And when it combusts, all of the carbon combusts because all of the undesirables have been removed through fermentation and then through post-roll aging. Cigars need about 90 days to go through this sick period where the stem structure of the tobacco as it's broken into this accordion, it leaches out the final bits of ammonia and nitrates into the chamber. And the only place for it to go is through the foot because the end is capped. So it takes about 90 days to clear that chamber. And what I love about Aladino is uh, the dad is a bit of a collector. So especially when they come out with new products, they were rolled like three, four, five years ago. Wow. And the cigars just smoke unbelievable. And they're not, they're not killing you on the price. I mean, it, the most expensive cigar that I'm carrying by them is $16. And it smokes like it's got three years of age on it, the whole thing. Mm. So uh, their stuff is a very good value for what it is. You like the Corojo Reserve the most? That's the one that I smoke yeah. all the time. Uh, it, it is a fuller-bodied cigar. It's very aggressive. It's 100% Corojo. I love it when the wrappers come in on the darker side because it's so aggressive. Uh, it's so strong, you can almost feel your fillings. Uh, you really have to pay attention to it. you got to smoke it slow. Uh, so a good, dark, strong cigar like that, I can smoke it for an hour and a half on a Robusto, which is pretty remarkable. Is it fair to say that this is more of a 
Cuban inspired cigar, but also is reaping the rewards of being grown in Honduras from a flavor profile standpoint? So Corojo tobacco was the original seed, seed strain grown in El Corojo, Cuba. That was the predominant tobacco that Cuba used. And the issue they had is it's very susceptible to blue mold and black shank. So you run through cycles of crops where you have a very low yield if it's not tended properly. In the case of Aladino, they have drones that fly over the field with infrared scanners. They have bare systems with drip irrigation and computer controlled nutrients. So they can turn their field into the exact growing region that they need. So when they grow Cameroon tobacco in Honduras, they make that field Cameroon Africa for a growing season and they produce Cameroon tobacco. <laughs> it's not like uh, some of these companies that are talking about growing broadleaf and they're growing broadleaf in Nicaragua or Honduras or Dominican Republic or even Pennsylvania. And it tastes nothing like uh, Connecticut broadleaf, which is very sweet. So yeah, in the case of Aladino, they are really on the cutting edge. JRE is is killing it when it comes to technology and taking this old school tobacco and growing it in a new school fashion and getting the yield that they need to get out of it. Yeah, I'm a, a huge Corojo Reserva fan myself. Look, you can find Mr. J over at thecigarauthority.com. It's a live show on Saturdays from noon to two. You can also subscribe to all the podcast feeds and get it at your leisure. There are cigar reviews up at cigarauthority.com as well, and you can see him here on the show. Next time, we're going to be talking about fillers and what the hell that's all about. We'll see what else is going on, and maybe we'll even talk a little barbecue. Love it. All right. Mr. J, thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority, breaking down cigars, breaking down the binder this time. Yes, going over legal mumbo jumbo as far as the great things that have happened from a striking down of the FDA rules of inclusion. Premium hand-rolled cigars are the same as everything else, but we're learning that's not the case. So absolutely wonderful. Appreciate Mr. J's time as always. TheCigarAuthority.com is the website. All right, we're going to step away here just for a moment. We'll come right back and wrap up this first hour. Stick around, be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority for joining us last segment. TheCigarAuthority.com, his website. Once again, it is a, like this show... It's a live show over on YouTube and Facebook from 12 to noon Eastern time. And of course, it's being recorded. So if you can't catch it live on Saturdays, like I try to, but not usually am able to, I just get the podcast and listen to it on the way to work on Mondays or Sundays. If I'm mowing the lawn, it's great. So look forward to next time and we'll talk about uh, fillers. Long, you heard long fillers, short fillers, things like this. What does that even mean? I don't know. But we'll learn all about it. 
next time Mr. J's on. All right, let's go ahead and point to the second hour. Refresh your libations. When we come back, we have two great interviews. We also have some hot takes coming up here at the top. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Show. The Barbecue Central Show Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.